What is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. And Lynn, we talked about it last week. There would be ramifications if the Bucks were to somehow lose to the Carolina Panthers. The Bucks didn't just lose at Bank of America Stadium. They were blown out. They lost 21-3 to the Carolina Panthers. We will discuss that on this week's pod as well as look forward to a Thursday night football showdown with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. As I said, this is Downey and Martez. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. This is a Bucks Nation podcast. You can follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation and check out BucksNation.com for everything surrounding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Maybe there's even some positive stuff out there. I know every week there's a top performers piece after the game. Didn't check it out this week. Don't even know who the top performers would be, but it's still on BucksNation.com. And you can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. He's the one. He's the only. Lynn Martez. Lynn, man, we said there would be consequences. I don't think any, either of us expected that game to turn out as badly as it did. All right, so what are the consequences? I don't think you can do anything on a short week. I think, I, I mean, if there are consequences, I think that it's, and this was already somewhat in motion, if there are any consequences, it's, Luke Gedecki losing his job to Say the leverage. name again. Say the name again. Luke Gedecki. Thank you. Gedecki. Oh, man. It's freaking week eight. Yes, I know. It's old habits. Uh, thank goodness Ryan suck up on the kicking competition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I got is. <laughs> but, uh, I mean. Funny. It, <laughs> that might have been a funny slide. <laughs> <laughs> It needs some laughter. Come on, man. Yeah. Give me some more comedy. Goodness <laughs> you sing, gracious. You sing and dance too? You do I mean, sing, man. You do sing. I am a karaoke aficionado. Uh, but it's I mean what we friend. what we saw what we saw on Sunday at Bank of America Stadium was a comedy of errors. And I think I think we should start at the beginning of the game because of mm how it completely changed how it completely changed the momentum and because of what the player involved said to the media after the game about that play bucks first drive mike evans down the field was wide open for what would have been a 75 yard touchdown tom brady hits him right on right on his hands and mike and mike evans dropped it point blank and everyone knows that I am one of, if not Mike Evans' biggest fans. We didn't have time to get to it the past couple of weeks, but I was going to start. I was go, no, no, no. I was going go to. There you go with that. Everyone knows. Everyone who's listening to this, listening to this knows. The 47th but, president? Trey Downey. Everybody knows Trey Downey. But, but what I was going to say was that the past couple of weeks, I was going to bring up a topic of why has it never been throughout the course of his career that Mike Evans is widely considered or even super in the debate for the best receiver in the NFL? And then maybe I guess moments like these happen. I mean, after the game, Mike speak, Mike speaking to the media, he says that the 
the light kind of went out for the team after that play. And while it's hard to single out a single play on, you know, a football game, if Mike Evans catches that and the Bucks are up 7 nothing early, I think that that game, I don't know if entirely different, but I think it looks much different than a 21-3 to football game than what we saw. And I'll be honest, it's, a lot of people are zeroing in on Mike's comments after the game. And I give him credit for being brutally honest with that. Because, yes, you are a team that won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. You have the best quarterback in the history of the game. But when you have as many things going wrong as the Bucks have had over this last stretch, I understand that, you know, when it rains, it pours kind of mentality. Yes, the Bucks need to get out of it. But I almost do appreciate Mike's brutal honesty. And I understand how that could have taken the wind out of the sails for the Buccaneers early. But it is a shame that they couldn't get things back going against a football team as bad as the Carolina Panthers are. Okay. First thing is you can still stand on that, on that mountain in regards to whether or not he is the, the best receiver in the game. You can still say that. Even I'm just wondering why, why he's never been widely considered. That was my topic. Da, 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 da. Point is, you said because he had a little drop. Jerry Rice dropped passes. So the best drop passes. All right. That's number one. Number two is Mike said what he said, and in my opinion, because how big of a play it was. And he's taking ownership of that stinker rule of 60 minutes of football. That's why Mike said what he said. Folks may have a problem with what he said as far as the lights went out in regards to dropping that touchdown pass, but that's Mike taking ownership to that screw up in regards to dropping that one pass that potentially gives him a 7 nothing lead, gives him their first touchdown pass by Brady. Like, he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in like six first halves, dude. I mean, we're talking about Again, the guy that I call that dude, the GOAT, you got quarterbacks in the league that are throwing two or three first-half touchdowns. Josh Allen, look at Patrick Mahomes. Shoot, Jimmy Garoppolo was doing it on Sunday. Multiple first-half touchdowns. Yet the dude that's supposed to be the greatest in, in the league ever can't throw a first-half touchdown. <laughs> okay. You can blame Mike for that one, but hello, 12, that dude. Red zone opportunities over and over and over, multiple games over. The Green Bay game, all right? This game here, New Orleans game, a game that they actually won. The Atlanta game, okay? Suck up your MVP. Your kicking game, you, you, both kickers. You got a kicker and you got a punter. They're one tools MVPs are concerned. Why? Because you because A, you can't run the football, 46 yards rushing. That's number one. Number two is when you get, even when you do actually get on the other side of the football field, you're running your kicker out to kick field goals all season long. So Seven what's games the, deep. What's the biggest problem for this team in the red zone right now? Is it is it Brady? Is it him not playing well is it still the offensive line 
Or is it Byron Leftwich's play calling or even Todd Bowles' decision making? Because I don't understand why you're down 14 nothing and kicking a field goal in the fourth quarter that doesn't oh. really change the game. All that was was getting the, getting the egg off the scoreboard. That's all that was. I don't care what anybody said. You you can't tell me the decision was, well, you know what? Yeah, we know it's still a two-score game, but we're gonna get the we're gonna get the football back a couple more times. So we're gonna so we're gonna have an opportunity to win this football game. What? Based off of how your defense was playing against a one in five football team at that standpoint, a team that fire sale gave away their number one offensive weapon, gave them away. You can talk about the trade, you can talk about what 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 they got back in return. Until you make good of those draft picks, you gave them away. And the Panthers did that. Not to mention the fact that they fired their head coach a couple of weeks ago. And they started what? Not a first string, not a second string, a third string quarterback who threw for 60 yards the previous week. But yet you were struggling to stop that offense because whether it was your defense overrunning gaps or whether it's your defense not being able to Keep the edges closed and contained. I mean, dude, the way they play defense on Sunday against that running game, you would have thought that they were playing against Emmett Smith and the Dallas Cowboys of the 90s, playing a star offensive line that had Hall of Famers on it and a Hall of Fame running back. That's how bad they look. Okay. And again, you talk about the decision to kick that field goal. There's no way. I don't know this because I'm not part of that coaching staff, but there is no way that they thought, hmm, we're going to get the football two more times and we're going to kick a field goal even though it's a two-score game still. Ain't no way, dude, because they weren't getting the ball back based on how they were playing defensively. It was weird to me that it was weird to me that Brady didn't seem to fight the decision when the kicking – because a lot of times you'll see – quarterbacks look visibly upset or quarterbacks, you know, give the hand motion, say, let's go for it. Brit, to me, he almost looks like a defeated man right now. Okay, that's fine. And, and I, I won't disagree with that. But here's the thing. <laughs> He's trying to get rid of that goose egg too. <laughs> okay. And yeah, you might ask him post game, did you think you're getting the ball back two more times? And he might tell you, yeah. He might tell you, yeah, but deep down, let me scratch, let me scratch in there. 12, let me scratch in there, that dude. And let me find the bottom of the surface and really find out the fact that you thought you were getting the football back. Cause they ain't, he's he's on the sidelines watching his defense struggle against a one or five football team. Struggle against a guy who was, again, a second string running back and a third string running back. Right? I mean, they couldn't stop either one of those guys. One guy had a run that was for 60-plus yards, and that's more than the Bucks had the whole game. The whole game. So what's the biggest issue facing this football team right now? The biggest one? Yeah, I'm, I'm, have, I'm having you pick one because there's, there's, there are quite a few. Yeah, dude, you can't pick one. I mean, I, listen. I think it's the red zone struggles because I think scoring more – I think scoring more points – look at these past couple games – and look at what the scores were. And yes, the defense is not pl- is not playing great, but you expect 
if the Carolina Panthers score 21 points, if the Pittsburgh Steelers score 21 points, and situations that they were in with those defenses, you expect a Tom Brady offense with all of these weapons to be able to put up 21 points. And I think punching in, to me, if the Bucks are able to punch in to punch in scores, that's going to win them more football games because the Bucks look horrible right now. Let's face it, they're three and four, but they're still first place in the NFC South. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Who cares? You ain't winning nothing playing this type of football, dude. Who cares? So I think the I think red zone issues. The okay, red zone is the biggest fine. issue. You can pick one. If they fix one issue right now, what? If they fix any it, the red zone, the offensive line, defense stopping, defense stopping the run, the pass rush, we can na- coaching. Wh- which one right now? If that gets fixed on Thursday night and moving forward, which which one of those issues getting corrected? Because I don't think that we can expect it to be a magic switch and everything to get fixed overnight. Which one of those issues would have a bigger impact on this Buccaneers team starting to turn things around? And when football games, I what is it, back-to-back weeks that they're going to be playing division leaders in Baltimore and then Seattle in Germany? I can appreciate the fact that you want to grab one thing. I can appreciate that. And I'm not grabbing one thing, dude. You can talk about the red, you can talk about the red zone, the red zone offense, and that's fine. That's fine. It's one of the issues. But, <laughs> dude, they play a hundred. They, they play on the field that's a hundred yards. There's a whole lot of problems <laughs> between the twenty-five and the goal line. Between their own twenty-five when they start when they start their offense to the goal line, and when they punt the ball away and they go on defense. There's a whole lot of problems. Okay, you can bring up the red zone offense. You can talk to me about how they could have scored more points. You know what they also could have did too? Giving up more points. <laughs> they could have actually they could have actually been giving up more points <laughs> because they could, that's what's gonna happen if they don't fix they don't fix the problems on the defense. Guess what? They play two of the worst offensive teams, one in the AFC and one in the NFC. They play two of the worst offensive teams. <laughs> and look at and listen to what I just mentioned is coming up on the schedule in the okay, next couple exactly. games. Exactly, that's my point. So you want to? So I, I, listen, like I said, respectfully, you want to bring up the red zone offense? Okay, that's that's a problem. That's a problem. And, if the, and in your eyes, if they fix the red zone off, offense, you know, maybe maybe they want to, you know, maybe they win those games that they played against Pittsburgh and, and, and Carolina. I personally don't think they would have because again. They can't stop running water right now. Okay, you really they, think the defense is, is is in more dire straits than this offense? Right no, now? I'm telling you, there's multiple issues. But you, okay. but you, you want to hang your? I your, thought that that was the argument that you're no, trying I'm to not, make. There. I'm telling you, there's multiple problems. You want to pinpoint one and grab one? I just fine. think I think the offense as a whole is in is it. I'd, it's like the it's like the meme the the dog sitting at the table drinking okay. coffee. It's fine when there's fires going around everywhere. I think the offense is in much bigger trouble. Okay, but you look, you didn't mention offense. You said red zone. You said yes. Zone. I know. I'm I'm picking one issue. Okay, but and there's and there's issues along the offense even even further than that. Okay, do the Bucks have any chance to beat Baltimore on Thursday night? Man, I ain't picking them no more. Neither am I. But do, do they have a chance? I'm not. 
got a chance because they're playing. I'm not picking them anymore. And Bucks Nation, Bucks Nation, you can you can be you can be belly up on 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 this podcast in regards to the fact that I'm not picking them anymore. I'm not. You're gonna have to earn. You're gonna have to earn me back. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not. I'm not with it, man. I, I watched them on Sunday, man, I, and, and I said it. I said it against when they played Pittsburgh. I was like, man, this defense looks like giving up those third and ones. Looks like they, they don't even know what it, what what to play against, what to plan for. Like they're confused. Then on Sunday, Sunday wasn't confusion. Sunday was guys losing gaps again. Just going out, going out away from their gaps. Defensively, clearly on, clearly, clearly on film. You ain't got to dissect it. You and I, post-game, sitting there with the media, right? Well, I don't care if it's an exhibition game. Uh, well, not an exhibition, but a preseason game. I don't care if it's a preseason game or it's a regular season game. We're going to playoff game. Right, we sit there. We, we ask the coach a question in regards to something that may have happened. All right, or you ask, "Hey, how did this player play?" Right, individually, you might ask a coach, "How does player play?" And usually, a coach will tell you, "I gotta watch the film." Well, I'll tell you what. I tell you what. <laughs> Ain't no need to be watching film from Sunday's game. Okay, there wasn't no need to watch film. Todd Bowles can see on the sidelines <laughs> who is not <laughs> in the right gaps. Todd Bowles can see in the sideline from the sidelines who is not containing the outside. It was easy. And I tell you what, I tell you what, from the from the booth, if you're a defensive coach, you can see it too. Because I'm sitting here watching it on my TV. Okay. My TV ain't that big. <laughs> it ain't a 70 inch. I don't, you know what I mean? It's not like I can sit here and tell you, mm, well, you know what? I got this big screen that's so, it's, 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 it's wide as the wall. And that's why I'm able to see so much in the game. And no, I could have watched it from any angle. I could have watched it. I could have watched it on my phone <laughs> and said, uh-oh, he overran that gap. <laughs> Miss tackle. Or I would have said, hmm, that guy didn't contain. So it's the defensive line, the linebackers overran plays, and certainly the defensive backs did not contain. And the thing about it, too, Trey, is this. It wasn't like there was a big threat from a passing game standpoint. Like, even if you have a third string quarterback, right, you might still have. Cooper Cup, you might still have Stefan Diggs. You might have, you still might have a threat outside. <laughs> Tommy that, Trimble, baby. <laughs> that wasn't the case on Sunday. And I know folks will say, well, you know what? They were missing Carlton Davis. You know, Antoine Winfield went out with a concussion. Man, Pop leaves. Again, elementary. Okay. I don't care what level of football it is. Dude, if you're if you're a D back and you're playing against the run, there's only so far in you can crash if you are the man who's supposed to contain. And guess what? They're getting ready to take on 
<laughs> okay? A running game that averaged a buck 50 plus. More importantly, they're getting ready, they're getting ready to play against a dude who's going one pass option your booty off. And if you contain like you did on Sunday against him, it's going to be at least two or three 60, 70 yard runs. Dude, think about this. The Panthers, without any passing game, probably do for like a buck 60, but without any passing game threat, have like seven or eight plays for 20 plus yards. Are you kidding me? The Panthers, who basically, basically are like, we're just playing out the string. How big, how big of a shot in the arm would it be for the run defense to get a Heem Hicks back? I'm done with that. I'm being serious. I'm done with okay, that. Okay. Because, no, I don't. I mean, here's the thing, all right? I can go so many different ways with, 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 with 96. The fact that it came in to Tampa, all right, with the issue of playing on the football field. Playing. Being in uniform, all right? Bottom line is, and I'm going to be nice, they screwed up. He can go out, he can go out next year and have a Pro Bowl year. All right. It's too late. They screwed up because they signed him and, re- and replaced 93. And I'm gonna say this too. 93 is one of the biggest reasons why this defense plays the way it is, the way it does now. I'm telling you. Whether it's the leadership, leadership. And nasty. Yeah. You can't tell me 50 don't miss that dude. Because 50 all of a sudden is not the same player. And I said it a couple of weeks ago, right? The fact that, yeah, Joaquin Nunez-Rotez, right? Preston starting duty when they made that Super Bowl run. But the difference is, dude, is that he was replacing 50. And it's no knock on Vita Vea, who's you know, potentially going to be a pro bowler in his career. Probably multiple times. And he's that good. Okay. But Nunez Welches replaced Vita Vea alongside who? 93. So 93 has never been not a part of this defense over the last couple of years. And now that he is, right? You see why this defense plays to run the way it does. And they give up a buck 50. Tell them they missed, you mentioned the leadership, his accountability. And I mean, from the standpoint of that dude, not number 12, but 93, showed up every day and certainly on Sundays and played and played his butt off and brought nasty to that team. And he made it cool. And okay for that defense to play nasty. Does this team miss Indomitian Sue more or Bruce Arians more? I'll say Bruce. And see, the thing is, see, everybody's like, oh, he's a player, he's coach. Yeah, he is. He's also going to cuss your, I almost cussed myself. He's also going to cuss your butt out. Okay. We heard stories of the accountability board. Listen. All coaches, right? 
that are like Bruce, that are certainly going to act like him, that hold players accountable, that have a, a way of going about how they are, whether it be in practice or whether it be during the games, halftime, okay? All coaches that are like Bruce from the standpoint of, you be on the practice field, dude, and you ain't bringing it, that dude's gonna get in your face and tell you, put some fear in you about not bringing it. Okay, he's gonna give, he's gonna use some four letter words and he's gonna tell you about not bringing it. He's gonna do that at practice, he's gonna do that in the game, and he's gonna do that at halftime. That's gone, that's gone. And you can say to me, not all players react to that in a positive way. And you're absolutely correct. But here's the thing, they react. Good or bad, coaches like Bruce get a reaction. And you know what? Getting your reaction is better than not getting anything at all. Okay? Because if you piss some people off, guess what they do? They focus. Okay? Some guys, again, may not react in, in, in a positive way about it. All right? <laughs> guess what they're going to do? <laughs> they're going to know that they're being held accountable for. And that, again, they might be pissed, or some guys, some guys thrive for that, want that. Secretly, if you ask, the majority of those plays that are in that locker room now, if they miss that, that accountability, that knowing that that guy is going to be holding you accountable or you're going to hear from him, honestly, I, I, I tell you this much, defensive captains on that football team, they miss it. They wish they, wish they got some of that. That's just me. I don't have, I don't have anybody on speed dial. I'm not texting Levante. I'm not texting any of the captains on that defense. But I'm telling you this much: from the way they, from the way they play and they react to a head coach like Bruce, they miss that man. Is there any scenario where he's brought back to the coaching staff in any type of official capacity this season? Oh, I, if you do that, man. You you cut some legs. Cause I, I I don't think I think it's I think it would be very I think it would be very weird optics if you say, Oh, Todd, we're going to we're going to demote you and Bruce is back as the head coach for the rest of the season. I also think it's weird optics if you I also think it's a weird scenario where if you bring him back as a, say a special assistant to the head coach because then you have that, you know, who's really the head coach. I do think somewhat of a possible scenario would be if the offense, I don't know if Bruce would want it, but I, if the offense struggles mightily against Baltimore and they lose again, I mean, could you fire Byron Leftwich and bring back Bruce Arians as the offensive coordinator on this football team? No, no, no. I don't think Bruce would want it, but why, I I guarantee I guarantee you if the news came out that Byron Leftwich was let go as offensive coordinator, that would be all over Bucks Twitter. They would say bring, let Bruce be the OC. Okay, that, and yeah, and so what? And, and and I'm still waiting for Halle Berry to answer some of my some of my tweets. That that's not happening. Bucks she fans just posted could, a picture with 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 a dude the other day. 
It wasn't me. I know. I mean, I'm still waiting. What's up, HP? Um, have more facial hair. Grow out the beard a little more. First off, don't worry about what I got going on with HP. We're, we're all right. Okay, it's coming. I might be older. I might be older. Better chance of happening. The Bucks went winning the Super Bowl this year or Halle Berry answering one of Lynn's DMs. I, I, I don't DM her, man. I don't know. Nah, I don't know. I I, I'm not that thirsty. No, I, don't, <laughs> I, I don't DM, man. I don't DM anybody. <laughs> no, no, um, but but seriously, the, the seriously, the, okay, the Bruce. Not, the, no, no, no. I'm not asking the, the question. That was in jest. But the the Bruce the Bruce thing. Yeah, it, no. it, is no. is there any any no. any no. no? No, like I said, Bucks fans could want that if Byron were to get fired. Why would Bruce wouldn't do that? Bruce is not going to take over the offensive coordinator job. From the guy that he's been grooming to take the offensive coordinator job, number one, and he's not gonna. Although he jokingly said it when he was a head coach, it was one of the questions I asked him back in the day when we, when we were in the media and we talked about Todd Bowles, and he said, you know, Todd and him have known each other since the '80s, since Todd played for him, and he thought back then that he would he would be coaching under. Todd Bowles. Like I said, he said that when he was the head coach. This is two years ago. I ain't buying it. Nor again would he do that. Because all he's doing is he's he's under he's undercutting, first off, Byron Leffert's taking over his job, and he'd be undercutting Todd Bowles. Because as, as soon as there's another issue with this football team, people would want him to be the head coach. Okay, now that you're off with the court and not be the head coach. I'll say this. I think he takes a bigger role that we don't know about. I think Bruce is probably going to be more, in terms of game planning and things. I like think that. anything. I think he's going to be more involved because he wants to help these guys be successful. These are the guys that he can't pick to do the things they're doing, and right now they're not successful. And because of that, he's going to he's going to try everything he can to help them not undercut them, not take over their jobs, not take over either one of those jobs, but he's probably going to want to help them as much as possible and consult them as much as possible without us knowing it until it's time for us to know, until they tell us he's done it. Does Byron Leftwich make it through the season? Woo-wee! I'll tell you, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, not if it stays like this, he doesn't. Not if they're averaging 50 yards of rushing, and not if not if they don't fix the, the left guard position, and not if they not if they can't keep 12 from getting hit as much as he's been getting hit. So what we've we're we're in a situation right now where after this Baltimore game, you've got 10 days, and then after the Seattle game overseas, you've got a bye week. So you'd think if it were going to happen, it would happen in one of those two scenarios most likely. What's so it? I, What's what, it? Byron, Byron being let go as offensive coordinator. So what? What's like the threshold? Like what needs to what needs to happen over these next two games for it not to happen in in these two scenarios? Because I think if we get pat, I think if we get past the Seattle game and we come back from the bye week and he's still the OC, 
I can't see them firing him later in the season. I think it would need to happen at a point where you're saying you're trying to save the season and still be a contender in the NFC. And I think after those two games, you're getting too far away from that. So what needs to happen in these next two games for him to stay on or what would be the scenario? Like if they score, if they're scoring three points in these next two games, I think he's gone. But I think, you, got, you you asked you asked the question. I'm ra- I'm rambling on here, no, but what's no, no, that's fine. That's fine. What's the what's the what's the, what's the, what's the scenario I'm, where he's still here after I'm the Seattle going, game, and what's the and what's the scenario where he's gone? No, I'm gonna tell you. Here's the answers. Okay, one, he need to start scoring first first half touchdowns. That's number one. Number two is you need to start running the football more successfully. Number three is find a little imaginative ways. To get those fourth, fourth and third and ones and fourth and ones, they had it on Sunday. Oh, I hated that pitch, man. Back, Come on. No, it's not even the pitch. It's just, it's just what they ran back to back plays. They ran to the right back to back plays. It's like, hello, like you got nothing else to do but back to back running and one plays. Gave me dirt cutter flashbacks. Anyway, back to back running plays. So that's I just told you. Fix the running game. First half touchdowns. Your big thing is the, is the red zone offense? Okay, throw that in there too. Also, all right, third down and fourth down. They were two for 12 on third down on Sunday. Third down and fourth down conversions, all right? That's four things right there. That's enough. If you're able to fix those things, maybe, just maybe, you know, you ease up on the offense coordinator, but that still won't fix the defense. I'm asking you today, October... 25th 2022 the bucks are three and four they've had two back-to-back embarrassing losses but as i mentioned they are still in first place but i'm asking you right now today i know you said earlier in the show that it doesn't matter but today october 25th lynn martez do the buccaneers end up winning the nfc south yeah so what okay but I, I, I mean, if if they if you continue to lose to teams like Pittsburgh and to Pittsburgh and Carolina, like Dude. Carolina's only one game back right now. If you're losing those games, no. who are you gonna beat on the rest of your schedule? Oh, hold on now, okay. There's still a five below five hundred team. Yeah, right? and the teams that are behind them are below five hundred teams. Okay, those teams are not gonna keep winning. You think who's Carolina going to be? I mean, could Atlanta? Could, how many wins at at this point? How many wins is it even going to take to win this? Eight or nine, and those teams are not winning eight or nine. Carolina's not winning eight games. No, I'm not saying Carolina. Okay, I I think Atlanta's pro Atlanta That's might have the most possibility, but I still think I still think the Bucks win. I'm, I'm, I'm past this team winning twelve games. I'm done with that. The division winner is going to win nine games, ten games, and it's going to be there. Whoop the dag on do. They're going to get bumped out in the first round. That's where I'm at right now. Until they fix their problems, man, that's where I'm at. You want me to project and, and, and give you, you know, prediction regards moving forward further down the line? That's my – based off of what I've seen the last two weeks and the issues they have and beating the teams, trying to beat the teams that they had to beat, as bad as those teams are, that's where I'm at. It's definitely dark days for Bucks fans. Trying to give you a, a little bit of optimism 
after years of not even touching the playoffs and a horrible year, you still might be hosting a home playoff game. Man, please. We'll see what happens. Who cares? It's not what this season was about. I agree with you. I agree with you. So don't, man, put a lipstick on a pig. That's what that is. Yeah. I mean, that, that, pig, pig that pig could probably still make some bacon, some good pork belly, yeah. I'll, 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 some I'll, good pulled pull pork. Knock yourself out. Unless you're gonna give me, unless you're gonna give me some pork rinds, you can have that whole pig and put lipstick all over it. Go ahead. Out of all of the pig products, you're gonna pick pork rinds? Yeah, because I don't need, I don't need, I don't need chops. I don't need loin. I don't need. I don't need that stuff. I don't need. I don't need bacon. I don't need you don't need like lean, lean nope. pork. No, no, man. No. Give me some turkey bacon. We'll talk. I mean, turkey bacon's fine. I'm not sound, even talking about bacon. I'm just, I'm just surprised you, you make it sound. You, you make it sound like, like, like I just fell out. Like of, pork, fell out pork of, like, loin and pork, pork loin and pork chops are okay. like healthy meats. That's that's you. I'm not. It's not like I'm telling you. I just walked out of a UFO. Some folks don't eat pork. I don't eat pork. That's going to do it for this week's edition <laughs> Downey and Mark says, hopefully like next... was, It's not like I told you I was vegan. I just told you I only pork. We'll learn, we'll learn more about Len Martez's dietary choices next week. Hopefully not. Hopefully we'll we'll talk talking about Buck's victories. Until next week, he's Len Martez. You can follow him at lmart810. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Check out Bucks Nation where hopefully they'll be recapping a Buccaneers win on Thursday Night Football. Until next week, this has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.